Hello, you are listening to Freedom in Christianity, a blog and podcast by Father Anthony Paul. Freedom in Christianity is focused on exploring the faith as seen through the love of God, which comes only by freedom. Father Anthony Paul is a priest of the Coptic Orthodox Diocese of Los Angeles and a member of the St. Paul Brotherhood. This podcast is brought to you by Anaphora Radio. And now, Father Anthony Paul. In response to the Heaven is for Real posting, I received some long responses back that I want to address and read out loud. This came from a reader. He says, For me, I have no problem believing miracles. I believe God can do anything. Though in my effort to be as wise as a serpent, I think I disbelieve in miracles that may be true. I found myself doing this a lot after the departure of the late Pope Shinoda III. Every day my mother was sharing another miracle she heard with me, and I would nod and smile while thinking, I wonder who made this one up. The film you reference is another example of where I get more skeptical and probably disqualify miracles that may be true. It's not that I think God can't bring someone to heaven and reveal to him the kingdom of God. I just don't think he would want to. So I tend not to believe in these divine revelation type miracles. Why would God bring someone to heaven only to send them back to earth? It seems kind of cruel. What person having seen the things that are inexplicable and beyond comprehension could A, not rather want to die and beg God to let him stay in heaven and B, return to earth and describe these things? Moreover, the persons in the Bible that God did allow to see the kingdom are authors of the Bible. Since the revelation has been complete, what reason would God have for bringing someone to heaven only to send him back again? Personally, I think I kind of think it is better when trying to discern true miracles and false ones to err on the side of caution. I know we are all afraid of being considered as having weak faith because we don't believe, but maybe I'm wrong. It's a difficult line to walk. Perhaps the closer we are to God, the more we will know what is truly from him. I hope you can parse out some coherent thoughts from this post and share your response. Pray for me. My response is this. I was raised, and I think this is right, to err always on the side of caution as well. I was also taught, and I believe this to be true, that God would never be upset with us for disbelieving a true miracle, but that we could run into problems in our lives if we chase after a false one. I also firmly believe that our faith cannot be based on miracles. I know, and have witnessed many times, the devil can make supernatural events and work so-called miracles, and also that the Antichrist, when he comes, will do signs and wonders greater than our Lord Christ. Sometimes people are so intent on something being a miracle that they call it that when really it was not. In all of this, I think we are in agreement. I'm definitely not advocating believing every miracle, no matter what. Where I take issue here is your reasoning. It is one thing for me to elect not to believe in something for the sake of my salvation and to avoid running after false signs. It's another to say that something simply does not make sense based on my own feelings and thoughts. If the latter is being said because something is clearly wrong or has wrong doctrines, okay, great. But one of the questions that I asked was, am I rejecting it because of the consequences of being true, and is it because of my own understanding or lack of understanding? The miracle can challenge me on whether or not this is compatible with the faith, and you have to examine yourself, are you in the faith? Is what is happening actually contrary to the church universal and traditions we received, or is it against your own personal understanding? In the case of the former, use the answer, Mr. Wise Serpent. In the case of the latter, you must challenge yourself even if no matter what you want to refuse the miracle, which is not unwise either. I wanted to avoid discussing whether or not I think the story in this film is true or not, but I will deal specifically with what you said. You asked the question of why would God want to, then said that it's kind of cruel. 
Well, you have to ask yourself, is that against our faith and theology as a churches, or is that your opinion? If it is the former, you should shun it immediately. In your analysis, though, that it's cruel and undesirable, I would suggest that St. Paul saw heaven and came back. St. John the Divine saw heaven and came back. And there are stories in the lives of the Desert Fathers and some Xerah people who saw heaven and came back. Each of them sought for different reasons, but each of them returned to earth. So I'm giving this as an example to say that there is a precedent that this has happened. Is it possible that God wanted to use this child to bring the millions of people that watch the movie or read the book to challenge themselves about eternal life? It is possible. Is it true? I don't know. Do I need to believe this? No, I don't. Let me ask a question. The two disciples on the road to Emmaus. Why would it have made sense to them that this was Christ? It wouldn't. Why would someone who rose from the dead, who is allegedly God, come and ask, what are you guys talking about? I mean, as God, he should already know. Why would someone who should have no need of food and drink eat with them? What's more, they didn't know about the Eucharist yet. They weren't among the twelve in the upper room. So it's not like this would have been a huge sign to them yet. If they were to go based on those things alone, they would naturally think, this is not Christ, because it does not make sense. Or that Christ is not God because it doesn't make sense. But he is actually Christ and he is actually God. But their own understanding of the events had not yet come. Still, it was a true miracle that may have caused them to doubt. So while I strongly feel that we ought not to chase miracles, even ones that may be true, and that the devil can do such things and that I don't need them to be a Christian, I would still strongly suggest that the reason cannot be because of how we feel about it. If something is clearly doctrinally wrong, then obviously we have a problem. If it is not obviously wrong, it is better to say, I don't know, and so I'm erring on the side of caution. But without saying, it's wrong, it's impossible, it doesn't make sense. Being wise as serpents is part of discerning the miracle, but we don't all have that discernment. If we do not have the discernment, then let's trust another person who actually does have that discernment, which is very rare these days, or stay away from it for our own safety but not because we believe God cannot do something. We cannot force our personal logic on God. For my thoughts are not your thoughts, neither are your ways my ways, declares the Lord. As the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways, and my thoughts than your thoughts. In our zeal to be wise as serpents, we need to be careful that we do not go to the other extreme where our hearts are extremely hard and we stop recognizing real miracles of God that he worked and still works in our lives. These miracles are truly beautiful and can strengthen our faith. We need to be discerning, but not with hardness of hearts. Another person asks, I have two issues with this before having seen it that make me uncomfortable. Number one, the father of this boy must have made and be making a lot of money out of this story. That makes me question the truth of the story even without knowing it. Two, especially after the passing of my son, it would be so nice to believe this is true. It would encourage me and fill me with happiness and warm, fuzzy feelings. But I feel like it's emotionally manipulative, and that makes me uncomfortable too. Having said that, I feel so joyful reading the book of the Revelation, too, or singing the midnight praises. So I know it's not wrong to have good emotions, but how to separate this from trying to discern the truth? So difficult. What do you think? In response, very valid concerns. With respect to number one, one of the points in, in the blog or, or podcast was discussing the credibility factor, but that even 
can be limited. Yes, if they are millionaires off of this story, it may make the whole thing look pretty suspect. But I think we are still forced to do one of a few things. One, avoid it altogether as discussed, with the belief that, Lord, I know you can do all things, but I don't need this miracle to believe in you. Two, investigate, did something supernatural occur or not? Because if it did, whether or not the guy made money or not becomes irrelevant. I'll give you an example. Both of us know about the miracle of Rose that happened 19 years ago. We all know it to be factual. Could I not today publish this story in a book and make lots of money off of it? I could even be corrupt. But it wouldn't change that the miracle really did happen. It just shows that miracles don't always change the character of people. The person who receives the miracle has a responsibility to react to God's grace in a healthy way. We also don't know if he made lots of money, if he made lots of money, what he actually did with it. The movie was pretty honest with the church being financially motivated and that it was one of the reasons why they wanted the man to actually be silent about the miracle. So again, I'm not trying to prove or disprove this particular miracle, but I'm just saying that unless for the sake of peace of mind we are avoiding the miracle altogether without a hard heart, then the more important question is, is it absolutely true that an event happened? With respect to number two, as you said, emotions are not wrong. They are, however, simply not everything. God created emotions, the problems that we develop and condition our emotions over time, so we cannot always trust them. I'm not totally grasping, though, why this story is emotionally manipulative. Even if the people are lying, then they're being manipulative in every respect, not just emotionally. If it is true, then I do not see it as manipulative. If it is true, they are simply telling people what happened. Discerning the truth is hard. As discussed, few people have discernment these days, and I certainly don't claim to have it myself. In my limited knowledge, the things that would be needed to discern are, is it in accordance with the teachings that we received from Christ and the apostles? Is it verifiable that this happened? For example, did only the parents ever witness anything but not anyone else? Does it glorify God or the individual involved? Does it lead people to God or does it lead them to people? In the case of repeat occurrences or strange phenomenon, does the sign of the cross have an effect on it? Does it bring anxiety and nervousness or does it fill a person with peace and joy? Even this one can be tricky. On a very small scale, sometimes the question of why is important, but it's limited because we can't always know why God chose to give grace. The fathers teach us this. I'm sure there's more, but that's all I got off the top of my head. I'm not sure if I answered sufficiently. Feel free to say that I haven't and message back. We hope that you have enjoyed and been edified by today's episode. If you have any questions and wish to reach Father Anthony Paul, please send an email to ap at freedominchristianity.com. Thank you for listening to Anaphora Radio.